I would like to welcome you to the Berean Word. This podcast is an outreach of the Berean Baptist Bible Internet Church. And I'm yours truly, Dr. Charles Easter. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about Job. But in Job, there's a lot of nuggets that we need to look at and what God was telling us in the book of Job. Our main scripture thought would be Job 42 and 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see thee. This is at the end of Job, close to the end of Job, after Job had gone through all his trials and tribulations, God shows up on the scene and challenges Job. Let's recall how Job got into this situation. Satan was going to and fro into heaven along with the sons of God. And God asked him, why are you here? Satan tells God, looking for someone to devour. He had been going to and fro on earth from walking up and down. And God points out. Have you considered my servant Job? God asked Satan to look at Job because Job was an upright man in God's eyesight. And then Satan tell God, if you take your hands off Job, then I can do what I need to do to Job. But you have been increasing his substance, and, and you've been, you have touched his hand, and all that he do is good. But God, if you take your hands off him, he will curse you and do it to your face. So God took his hand off Job, but he told Satan, you cannot put your hands on Job. Then Satan started to work on Job. This let us know that Satan don't have to touch us to try to get us to fall away from God. He killed all his children. He killed all his livestock. Job lost all his camels. He lost all his servants. He didn't have to touch him to try to discourage him. That's the same thing with us. Satan don't have to touch us to try to discourage us, but he started doing the things to people around us and people that's in our lives that mean something to us. Then we would start looking at Job, looking at God in a bad light. One of the most devout Christians I have ever met, and I thought that uh, nothing could, could sway this man, but his wife died. We was at the funeral, and I, I, we were passing for the last ruin of the body. This man reached in the Casket and grabbed his wife and questioned God, why? Why you do this? Why? Why? We know we're but, but of a few days. He knew this, but he still questioned God because Satan was touching, pulling at his heartstrings, telling God didn't have to do that to him. He could have left his wife with him. And as Satan started working on all these things in Job's life, but through all this, Job sin not, I charge God foolishly. 
So what does Satan do? He goes back to God, born as he is, and said, if you let me just touch his bone and his flesh, he will curse thee to your face. See, Satan will keep trying. If you keep leaning and depending on God, Satan will keep trying to get you. So God put Job in Satan's hands but told him, you can't kill him. So Satan put sore boils from the sole of his feet into the crown of his head. And Job still did not sin against God. Now watch this. We all got friends, and our friends have their opinion, whether they're Christians or not. But they would tell us what we're doing wrong and why we are going through what we are going through. Job three friends came up and gives their take on the situation that Job must have sinned against God, which Job denied. And and and, and in that in that thought, Job, you lying. You sinned against God. But you know, we don't never pay attention to the young people around us. But in all this, there was a young boy around Job named Elihu, and he spoke out to everybody telling them that aged men are not always wise, nor do they always understand judgment. We can learn from this young boy. Just because we get older don't mean we wise. Don't mean we learn the lessons that we should have learned in our life. But this young man brought it home. And after he got through talking, Job started to question, where's God? If, if I could just see him, I would ask God, why did he do this to me? But he still didn't see him, but some doubts started to creep in. But God is always on time God. Then God comes to Job in the whirlwind. After all Job hope had vanished, Job was was seated in a heap of ash, scraping his sores and lamenting his losses. Job wanted to argue his case of his innocence before God. That's what he said he wanted to do. Now Job also said, though he slay me, yet I would trust him. Even so, I would defend my own ways before him. Oh, if I knew where he was, I would go to his seat and present my case before Job, before God. See, Job was making a lot of statements. We all make statements. We all be braggadocious when we are not faced with the situation. We talk about what we would do and what we wouldn't do. But Job still had some faith, but he wanted to question God, but his faith was waning. But when God showed up in the whirlwind, Job protests fell silently. God come right to Job and his friends and was out of the north dark storm cloud. The wind was increasing. Boats of lightning pierced the darkness. Thunder rumbled across the plain. Even Job's friend Elijah told Job to be quiet and stand still. His friend recognized the fact that he didn't need to say nothing to provoke God. Just he had already said, if I see God, I'm going to ask God, what, what's, why did he do this to me? But his friend said, you keep your mouth closed. Even with this black funnel cry whirling around Job, God spoke. 
Who is this who darkened counsel by words without knowledge? Job said, nothing all this previous hype about arguing with God and his wearing the crown of righteousness like a prince seemed inappropriate. Then God tells Job, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Job had questioned God's justice and sovereign rule. He pleaded for the opportunity to put God on the witness stand so he could answer for Job innocent, explain to him and others why his hurt and pain was clearly unjust. He had questioned why God permitted the wicked to prosper while the righteous suffer. Why did he have to face bankruptcy? Why did his children have to die so young in a windstorm? Why did he have to endure the pain and agony of a hideous disease that deformed the ability to destroy? Why couldn't he vindicate himself before God and men by destroying his answers? Any of these specific questions. But he gave Job and all who, who read the Bible all that we would ever need to know in order to live by faith in the goodness of God's sovereign will. The Lord presents such a magnificent picture of himself from creation and history that every generation must pause to consider his supreme, his supremacy and grace. God then turns the table on Job and put him on the witness stand. Job could not answer none of God's questions. Job could not do nothing but hold his head down. God then questioned Job's audacity to correct the Almighty. You know, some of us think we're so holy that we can correct what God is doing in and around the world. We can correct what God is doing in our life and tell God, why will you do this to me? I've been rightful servant. But God then told Job, you go ahead and instruct me on being God. I listen, if you can tell me how to run the universe as well as your life. Job shut his mouth and put his hands over his mouth so that he would not say something stupid. Some of us need to learn to be silent before God and let God show us the way. Proverbs 17 and 28 said, Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lip, he is considered perceptive. Job was wise and perceptive to let God do the whirling and speaking while he stopped whining and chastening him. Then God answered Job out of the whirlwind. He challenged Job to prepare himself for battle. God asked Job, are you more convinced of your own righteousness than mine? Are you serious, Job? Are you that driven to be justified in your, your sight and the sight of men by your good works than you question my righteousness? That we got people in our churches right now that question what God is doing. And I always talking about somebody shouldn't be doing this and somebody shouldn't be doing that, but God is leading them to do a work and they don't want they don't agree with the work, so they question God. God didn't ask Job, who is able to stand against me? Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under the sun is mine. What is important to know is that God who spoke out of nature's most violent storm 
and preserve Job as the same God who speaks to us in our hurricanes. He is able to use tornadoes as well as men enemy to accomplish his good purposes. The evidence of God's power swirled around Job without hurting and touching him. The safest face place to ever be on the earth is in the eye of God's storm. As the disciples who did not believe Christ cared until he stilled the storm. He cares for his people even though they may have to ride out a storm, persevere through winds of adversity, and stand against the forces of hell. When God stops speaking, Job attempts to answer the God of the world. When God had not informed Job that it was Satan who struck him. Isn't Job just like us always jumping to conclusions? But what Job did learn in the eye of the storm was the supremacy of God and grace. We need to understand the supremacy of God and grace. Job now knew that God can do everything except sin, except lie, and except make mistakes. God not only had the power and authority to do whatever he wanted, but does and will do everything he desired. Job learns that whatever God decides to allow to enter our lives serves his good and ours. Job then confessed his foolish ways and words. See, we need to learn that to confess to God that we have been foolish in some of our ways and the things that we have thought that was not true. Do you agree right now that God ways are our best ways for you? Job found out that his, his place was not to question or reason with God about what he did not understand. What we do not understand, we need to let God be God. His ways are not our ways and our, you know, our ways don't conform to his ways because we are made of the flesh and we still have sin in us. I asked, what about you? Do you agree? Job learned that he should submit to him who is eternally holy, who is just loving, who is omnipotent, who is full of mercy and grace. Being in the eye of the storm awakened Job to his own foolishness and sin. Have your storm came? Have you been awakened to your foolishness and sin? Have your eye of the storm come yet? God still speaks to us in many ways. Sometimes he speaks loudest in the eye of the storm. He speaks to us today through his son, his spirit, and his word. He may not see, we may not see his form or hear audibly. His words, but he still speaks. Jesus still comforts, speaks comfort to those who ride not the storm. John 20 and 29. He said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Yes, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and they're your ways my ways. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. We should not question the reason why God does this and that, but trust and obey God's word. God says, I have heard of you. Job, not God, I'm sorry. Job says, I have heard of you, but I didn't know you. But now my eyes see you. I have the evidence that I need. Now my eyes have seen your power. I now can say that I have truly, truly seen for myself. 
I know that I am a nobody. I know that I am weak. I know that I can lean and depend on God. When Job confesses God, God happy. When Job confesses God, told Job's friend to make sacrifice for all the wrong that they was, was saying. The Bible says that the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. He prayed for his friends. He didn't have anger and animosity against his friends. He prayed for his friends, and God turned things around for Job at that moment. When Job prayed for his friends, the Bible said the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had. Yes, we have to pray for our friends our God gave Job 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 10,000 yoke of oxen, and, ten, and a thousand she asses, and God wasn't finished. He gave Job seven sons and three daughters. Ain't God good? God would do it if we would believe it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, who marched Calvary Hill, who was hung between the heaven and the earth, and who died. But he got up from the grave with all power in his hands. We need to understand that God is the reason for our existence and not us. And we cannot tell God how to be God. Job told God, I've heard of you, but I haven't seen you. But now I see you. I understand your power. Now it's time for us to understand God's power.